Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. <laughs> hey, Mark, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, it's been a busy and chaotic week on top of a couple of other busy and chaotic weeks, but I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no. It's good. We've got things that are busy, kind of rolling towards a uh, production release on, on my end, so that's always kind of a big last minute push and sometimes surprises hit you, but, but yeah. overall it's moving, it's moving pretty well. But it's always nice to see those, those production goals to, to see where yes. you're going. And yeah, that's always, oh, nice. I, I am so excited for this one. So yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be good when we, when we finally get there, but uh, uh, were you, were you able to catch the Amazon event? I, I, I think officially it was known as like the Amazon devices and services 2023 event. Well, I did not for a couple of reasons. Um, the first was that I was at Google the day that it, that it happened. So I was in the middle of, of a bunch of other stuff. Um, and second, it wasn't live streamed. It, it was not. It was That was a little frustrating. Um, we could watch blog updates from various different sites, you know, Tom's Hardware or Engadget or... Right. Or, or other places, um, they do have a video out, and and we'll provide a link of the of the video of that, um, uh, along with the this uh, this post here. But uh, yeah, I, I I did have some time to watch part, if, but not all of the this the 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 video. But I did follow along in real time, kind of trying to see what things I could glean. Um, right from, and the, from the blog posts, there, there's been a lot of interesting stuff that was announced. You know, there's yeah. there's new hardware. Some of it sounded pretty interesting. Um, there's refreshes on hardware, some of which you know was making me kind of anxious, including you know Echo Frames had an update. Yeah. Um, but I think what what everyone is talking about, and this really wasn't a big surprise, but you know maybe a little bit, is that large language models are coming to Alexa. Yes, and so what was demoed at the at this event was a, a 1P experience that would work um, from, so 1P once again is Amazon provided, not developer custom provided. Um, so a, a 1P experience where you could say, um, let's chat or let's talk. I, I think maybe it was let's talk. And um, and then Amazon enters kind of this uh, this mode, which really can just be termed Chat GPT with voice, right? <laughs> um, it's and you know I'm, I'm sure Amazon would would say that that's it's a lot more than that, but it is using large language model. It is kind of more open, free form. You can ask questions, um, and it responds back. And one of the things that they touted kind of under the covers is that there is a specific Alexa LLM, something that's not you know available to anybody other than Amazon at this point in time, um, but that it is meant to be faster in response um, to to voice. So there's not a big pause uh, delay uh -huh. uh, when, okay. you, when you when you when you talk. So it's supposed to try to mimic kind of the conversation flow that you would have if you were talking to a person. So it's good that they addressed the one of the big issues that we, you and I, have been talking yep. about in in this cross pollination for a while. So that's good, you know. And I think that as a as a, I mean, we we've talked before that there were some third party integrations with 
with ChatGPT. And the biggest yes. issue with all of them is they were facing timeout limits and issues and restrictions. Yeah, so, so I, I've talked to somebody who's like worked on a skill that uses ChatGPT behind the scenes and that they had to use uh, version 3.5 instead of 4 because 3.5 was maybe not as good with its generative capabilities, but it was faster. And um, and I've done some experimenting uh, as well with um, with 3.5. And even that seemed that there were times where it was just way too slow yeah. um, to have it be you know, be a fun conversation. So, so, so it's interesting that Amazon has uh, made sure to address that issue. Yes. They brought that in, but I think they then, you know, and, and I think that's, this is what everyone was expecting was that they were going to announce something like this. Yeah. I don't think what everyone was expecting was what else was going into this. You know, the, go ahead. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was you know, because th this could go a couple of different ways. I think they focused a lot in the first party experience. And I think that's going to trickle into what's available for developers a little later. But they've tried to you know, build on some certain pillars. They talked specifically about five foundational capabilities that they want to build into their um, LLM. And uh, we'll just kind of go through those um somewhat quickly, but the first one is they do really want it to be conversational. Um, they do want to be able to have this, um, this kind of this ebb and flow to the conversation. Some of the capabilities that they, they showed um, are something that they're building into devices where you don't necessarily have to use the wake word. So you could use maybe the wake word to, to start the conversation, but once you're in this mode, if you've got a, a smart display device, then it will, it will can tell if you're looking at the device and it will identify who you are uh, based on a profile that you set up. And so you could turn away, have a conversation with somebody else, turn back, talk to the device. Oh, very nice. And not, okay. And not have to pick up again with the wake word. So that, and, so, so a, a great deal of conversational awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Or so, contextual awareness. Yeah. So contextual awareness on, on that. They're also uh, really working on like the speed of the response. Like we talked about, also, the succinctness, like how short the response is, kind of concise. Um, and what they've talked about a lot with in this context as well is, is that you want to be able to not just um, get information, but you also want to be able to do things. Um, and that would tie into you know APIs that get called. That would also tie into you know smart home type of things. But it's, it's so it's not just conversation with uh, chat to get content or information. It's also conversational with your devices. You can use a lot wider range of, of well, you know, kind of addressing your devices as opposed to calling it specifically by a certain name. And I think, you know, the notion of controlling smart home, that, that's, again, interesting in this. I think what what kind of grabbed me is that they were... Um, jumping whole hog on the uh, the the plugin notion that we had talked about a few episodes back with uh, OpenAI yeah. and what they were doing with with the ChatGPT extensions. Um, it it sounds like Amazon did the exact same thing. Is yeah, it does, it does seem like that they've taken the, the same 
approach or at least you know the same concept over yeah. you know from a high level yes and again it's it's the same sort of approach that we talked about you know we've talked about for years with Bixby capsules yep um i think the big difference here is that this is you know the big difference between amazon doing it and openai doing it is that amazon understands the rest of the context that may be in the conversation it knows who it is it knows you know a bunch of things about you and maybe it will be passing some of that along to the API or making it available to the API in some cases. Yeah. So that leads to the second point is that they really feel that Amazon and these you know devices live in the real world. So you're you you're in context. The device is in a specific room. You're a specific person in a family. You're um, you've got certain devices. You've got you know kind of metadata about those devices. You've got metadata about you know personalized information about each of the the people. So all that is available to the LLM. You know, kind of if we were thinking about behind the scenes, you know, maybe some sort of vector database that has information about all this stuff, and it's able to pull that stuff in to the LLM and and make it more context aware. So what and one of the things that they they said earlier in in the event was that. They felt like a lot of the the tools like ChatGPT, um, the, all of the generative LLMs that are out there are focused, whether they be web-based or mobile-based, in helping people to create content. And I, I, I you know, there's there's arguments, I guess, to uh, uh, you know, for I see where they're coming that. from on that point. I think they're. Yeah. they're I, I think they're yeah. attending different conferences than I'm attending, but I see where they're coming from on that. Yeah. So I think I think what they're the spin that they're trying to put on it is, is that they are focused on consumers. These devices are in customers' homes. And so they're focusing on solving problems for customers, which is different than for content creators. Now, I think there is a little bit of a spin in that. I think there's um, a lot of spin in that. But that's but the but the thing that 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 does ring true is that these devices do live in the real world and they 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 do live in customers' homes. And that is a little bit different experience than just more generically for this is you know on the web, this is in your browser. So that's that's that, that part is yes. is is the part I think that they were trying to focus on on this second point about real world applications. Well, but I think that more ties into this concept that they beat the drum on last year, and that's mm -hmm. the the ambient ubiquitous assistant. Yep. Did they use those phrases this year? Even they though definitely they did. They started okay, off uh, right off the bat with ambient um, um, intelligence and. And their the ability, and they talked about it with the device now being able to recognize people and and use kind of use an array of sensors, whether it be you know voice, um, kind of voice models that would determine if you're talking towards the device or you're talking away from the device, whether it be cameras about just even proximity sensors that like hey somebody's in the room um, type of thing. So it they they did talk about that. Um, that the devices live in your homes and have have these kind of this collection of sensors that are working together to try to improve the experience. And then that you know, thing that you're communicating with also lives in a home that has, you know, one to 10 to 20 smart home devices 
that are you know controlling things right like so, your lights or your other things so what i read from it i mean they they talked a lot about using the llm with smart home control and I'll, okay that's vaguely interesting to me i guess but i feel like there's that's not a huge leap from what we were doing now with smart home you know with with thread and matter yeah that, that that's not a big jump in my mind yeah um, I, I yeah i think it's that it, you know the the idea is is that it's using the llm so that you can have more you know um less specificity in uh, you know in your in your talking to a device um I, than having to know it by exactly by its name well that bugs me a little because did we really well i don't know because i don't have any smart home devices set up on my alexa i have them all on the google side but on the google side i don't refer to them by specific names you know i can say turn on the light and i don't have anything called the light I have a lamp, but it's not the light, you know, so, so there, it feels like, I mean, to me, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like to me, that's already good, fuzzy, natural language understanding that doesn't require an LLM. Right. Um, and that's, don't get me wrong. It's not that that's bad, but I feel like we have that already. I feel like the kind of next level stuff is saying, you know, things like, um, if my lamp is on, then turn off the hallway light. You know, that's that's a more complicated thing that involves yeah. multiple devices and understanding the state, you know, the understanding the context and having an action associated with a query. That's more LLM territory. Yeah. Or, you know, if so-and-so is home, then turn the light on. Yeah, I, I, th I, think, I think we're early because the example that they used is that you know, maybe you've installed a new light in your living room, but you forgot what you called it, you know, or somebody else has forgot what it's called. It's the next week. And you say, turn on the new light in the living room. And it knows the metadata that when this light was installed, okay. which I guess is kind of, you know, that it is a right. little bit next level, but it isn't, you know. It, right. It still seems to me that's not really, I mean, that, that's, LLUs can have slots, so it's, yeah. it's not like, yeah. But it requires no. thinking about the slot, so I, I kind of get it. Yeah. Um, but I feel, I guess I feel like what's more interesting to me is that the, the new conversational model for building, I'm going to call them skills still, because I don't know they have a new name for them yet, skills that work under the LLM. So that instead of providing a skill name, you're providing an API. You know, I think that's the much more interesting bit here in my mind. Yeah, and there's not a lot out there. Let's we'll go through this this list of five, and then we're going to circle back okay. specifically okay. about this. Sorry, I, I forgot we were. I forgot yeah. we were finishing off this list of five still. So let's. I know we can kind of just like start talking, but um, us. So the third part where they're talking about personalization. So they want their LMs to be personalized, and so. I think that's more about metadata that you can provide um, as a user. And one of the examples was, you know, is my team playing this week? And okay. they and it knows who your team is. Now it doesn't say how that team name gets in there. Is there a list of personalization that you get? Or the first time you ask, they ask you what's your favorite team, and then it keeps that in a slot someplace. That second would be a lot more interesting to me. 
is is yeah. if if it's it's able to identify and just kind of ask you conversationally as you're happening. But um, you know, any personalization, I'm I'm a you know a fan of. So uh, we'll have to see how that actually got implemented. Yeah. The the next point they're talking about um, personality, and this this seemed to be Alexa's always had some sort of a personality. Uh, you could ask questions. It's, um, it tells dad jokes. It you know, um, but what seemed to be a little bit of the focus on this was the ability to use language models to. Um, not only make um, Alexa's voice more expressive um, and more natural sounding, but it could, for example, uh, match the, like if you were to talk to Alexa in an excited manner, hmm. then the response could be the same response, but in a little bit more excited, excited response. Um, and so that's, that's yeah. interesting, but it seems yeah. fraught with danger. It could be. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I can well, I mean, you know, the the kind of classic scenario for that would be something like I'm shouting at Alexa saying that my bank account has been drained to zero and Alexa starts shouting back at me. I'm sorry. I don't understand. That's not going to go over well. <laughs> that would be funny to see for once. <laughs> once. But after that, I probably well, wouldn't yeah. be. One time that would be funny. Yeah, I, I I think they're and they're talking about different things where they would infuse it could be laughter, it could be ums, it could be pauses, more intonation um for different okay. words, just making it sound and so what where that's kind of interesting is is if that flows over into responses that maybe there's a different way um in, in the future for developers, instead of using something like uh, speech synthesis markup language to like very like small grain detail would be to more generally kind of almost like a prompt say, this is the response, but this is kind of how I want you to say the response. Um, that would be interesting. And the last part is trust. They just talked about that they, you know, trust is important. And so you can turn the camera off, you can turn the sound off, you can opt out of yeah. You know, various different things like visual ID, you have control well, of privacy settings, you know, so, what, what, what's recorded, what, you know, so it's kind of the same old, um, it didn't seem like there was anything specifically new when it's talked about LLMs. Um, but about but here's, a, here's an interesting point, And this is something we've talked about before is that the notion of context is inherently in conflict with the notion of privacy. Every time that, you know, that I want to invoke, I, I, that I want that custom information used, it has to reveal that custom information somewhere. Yeah. And that to me feels like a challenge. And, you know, because yeah. one of the things I want, I'm curious about when it comes to the customization is how much information gets handed over to this API endpoint at a time. Will the API endpoint know who is making the request? And, you know, a pseudonymous who is making the request. But I yeah. can build up a knowledge base over time just with that. True. You know, if, if I'm providing weather information, for example, and 90% of the time you're asking about 
um, Ottawa, Canada. It's a safe bet you live in Ottawa, Canada. Yeah. Just just a guess. <laughs> um, or, you know, if you're asking about one location and you suddenly start asking about another location, safe bet you're away from home. Yep. They, you moved or you're on vacation. Right. Yeah. You know, so this, you know, I, I, I think... It's you know it sounds easy. Oh yeah, we're going to protect your 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 data. We're going to protect your privacy. I think the reality is more complicated. Yeah. And contrawise, if I'm not providing that user information because I want to retain privacy, and this leads to something that didn't get mentioned, and that's monetization. You know, because that's that's what Alexa developers have been complaining about so far. That's the big complaint these days is how do you know how does this get monetized it's the big question that you and i asked when we talked about open ai's is what's the monetization vector right. and there wasn't an obvious one so somewhere we need you know somehow it's got to get paid for yep and if that's not made clear somewhere this isn't going to succeed yeah, it's it's it it is interesting, and especially when we start talking more, you know, details. <clears throat> using an NLU seems to be you know, less expensive than using oh yeah an LLM. You know, we have to you have to a lot more care about you know how many tokens you're using and how much is this is going to cost and. And stuff, and that's you know just one additional concern that um, that a developer has. Now, is there going to be a way to create you know custom skills and utilize Alexa's LLM you know for free for you know how what is what is the well, what I mean what's it, what's the 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 cost behind that? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, they they hinted at it looks like they hinted at a way to. Build uh, to to basically bring your own LLM. You know, basically use an LLM in a skill the same way that you can now. And it sounds like they hinted at improvements to that are coming. Yeah. Um, okay. But... So yeah. So let's talk about the three things that they talked about. So there's okay. Seven, so, so, so so there's the event, and they did talk about some of these things in the event. But then right after, you know, the event, there was a a, a blog post on the Alexa blog um, under Skill Builders. That specifically talked about this, and the 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 post is officially titled "New Developer Tools to Build LLM Powered Experiences with Alexa." So the three main points that they want to bring out is that you can, with a no code tool, use Alexa's LLM. First thing that they wanted to bring out is that you could bring your own APIs, right. And use Alexa's LLM. So that's kind of the. I, I wouldn't know, say that's a no code tool, but okay. Well, the, what I think what they're talking about and what they've kind of they've hinted at is that you're not going to have to write the code for the API. It's kind of like the 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 agent model for um, uh, LangChain, where you define the API, you you describe the right. the API and and then it gets used. So there's some place where you define all the metadata well, about you're, the you're, API, you're, you but define you're not the necessarily API, writing the code. Right, you're, you're defining the API and you're describing what this API does. Correct. So 
it requires, you know, essentially good comments. So, you know, right off the bat, we've eliminated 95% of the developers out there. That's snark aside. <laughs> um, and it's probably myself included. Um, you know, so, so yeah, you're providing an API, you're providing human readable documentation okay. that's similar to what OpenAI is doing, similar to what Bixby, well, it's similar to what Bixby was doing. Yeah. And I think that's good. I've got a bunch of questions with this still, but okay. So that that's one, I wouldn't call it no code though. Well, yeah, I think their point was, is that, you know, if you write the, if you have the API, if you're bringing your own API, right. then yes, you write the, wrote the API, but you could bring somebody else's API and, and describe it with metadata and, okay. it, and, it, and, and use that. Um, I think it's pushing the definition of no code. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that aside, uh, I think that, yeah. I think that's probably the most significant bit of the three. Yeah. Is, so, is this method. Yeah. So, and, and, and it doesn't necessarily say that that's mutually exclusive per se, but the, th the second one is, is that you can uh, bring your own content to Alexa's LLM. So that's, you know, that's the vector database. That's the, you What know. that sounded to me like, and maybe I misread this, it sounds similar to what Google was saying, was that you publish a web, you, you point Alexa at a document and it now can use that document to answer questions. Yeah. You know, so it, it isn't it, even it, you're it, pointing it, at a vector. There's not really a lot of detail in, in in this document that they tell you like how that's happening, but um, you are able to describe your own content. And it, I, I don't know if you have to put it a specific place or if you have to host it in a certain way and reveal where it's it, it is or kind of where what what options there are. Um, but in a previous in, a, in one of the diagrams towards the top of it. They, there is a place where it's showing um, LLMs and vector stores and long-term memory. So it does seem like it's it's it, instead of customizing Alexa's LLM with you know kind of augmenting the model, you're mm -hmm. providing you know content See, for to, me, it to to access right. And again, I'm you know I'm not entirely sure what it means, but to me it sounds like you know Google when Google was saying you know, put this markup in the header and as we crawl it, it now becomes available to answer questions in Google Assistant. And that's one of the few things that still, you know, that still works. Yeah. Um, it sounds like Alexa is saying, you know, give us a URL and we will crawl that URL and make its content available to when people ask us questions in yeah. chatting. That's, kind of what it sounds like. So yeah. that was two. And then the third part is bringing your own LLM. So like if, if we were to use the tools we have today for Alexa, the best way that you have to get to what the user said was is to use the search query slot type. But that requires some sort of an anchor phrase. But let's, let's say that we can, somehow we can get across that. Um, uh, you know, we've, we we can formulate the conversation model with the with the skill so that you know, kind of like Jeopardy, where you always want to answer in the the form right. of a question. 
but if you always say, you know, my answer is, and then blah, 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 then you have access to whatever the person said, right? Right. Or, if, or you know, in the example that I think is what the way they want people to use it is yeah. if you say search for carrots and peas, it will send you the carrots and peas part. Yes. Yeah. You know, so there's always a chunk that gets removed because that's the the phrase that it needs to look for to know the rest of it is free form. Yeah. So yeah, it, it gets a little bit more challenging. But it's like, what I want you to do is answer the question about blah 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 blah, right. and then so. But you know, so using the tools today, you can. There is a way to get a large portion of what the user said. That's something that Google gave you out of the out of the the box um, years ago. Uh, Amazon's always been, you know, kind of private on that part um, and hasn't really given the developers tools, except for now the search query, which has been around for a while. But no, yeah, you can you can now take that and then you can do whatever you want to to call an API, do whatever to then formulate the response and send the response back. And that's just kind of, you know, you know, the basic, you know, peas and carrots of, of how to create a, an Alexa skill. Right. Um but what they're saying now is that you know you could use an, L an LLM to, you know, you could use that input, help to generate a prompt, send well, that off to an LLM, get the response back, and then send that through TTS and 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 get back. Now, you know, the, the problem has been, which we've talked about before, is just the latency in doing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and it, it sounds like what they're saying is we're going to make it easier than the search method. Yeah, and um, but it doesn't sound like they're really offering anything else. It's not like they're saying use our LLM. It sounds yeah, like yeah, and that and that point, I think they're they're kind of you know um, trying to do it basically a catch all. It's like, hey, we've got we've got you taken care of with LLMs. If you've got an API that right. you want to have something, you know, the, uh, Alexa do something, then go ahead and use uh, method one. If you want to be able to ask questions. And use our LLM, but bring your own content. Come on over; we've got that as well. And if you've got your own LLM, don't forget about Alexa. It's a great device that you can talk to and uh, to, you know have a conversation with your LLM, right? Whatever yeah. that is. I think that's I think that's kind of their approach. That, that's about what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah, all of that. It sounds really cool. It sounds really interesting. Have they given a date for when any of that's going to be available? They have not. Um, is, is even <laughs> chat with Alexa or let's chat working yet? I think they talk. mentioned early next year. Okay. So um, kind of going to have to w wait on that. I, I love the, the the document or the diagrams that they have on this. Um, you know, they've got a couple of like Alexa orchestration and they've got, you know, kind of, I'm like, yeah, I'm all for diagrams. Cool. And then you start jumping into some of the examples and it's yeah. like, this is an example of um, adding uh, descriptors to your API. This is what it, it looks like to add descriptors um, to your content. This is, uh, and then they kind of skip over the bring your own LLM, no code example um, with that. And then they jump into kind of like, how do you do this with uh, smart devices? Well, so I think actually the the fourth method, I think the smart devices is the fourth method because it sounds like while well, that's related to the other three, yeah, it's it's separate. You it know, is definitely yeah, it's definitely separate. And they and they talk about um, 
two different ways. What are they? What are they saying here? There's like an action controller, which is kind of more very similar to the way that you would interact with uh, with smart home devices today. Um, talking about you know specific states that are are that the device supports and you know different uh, uh, metadata. Um, then there is something called dynamic controller. So the dynamic controller, the example they gave is like, you know, you talk to your lights and say, make it look spooky. Now, okay. spooky might not be something that you know, or that that's even, but, but, but that's something that the device manufacturer could say, Hey, we've got people that are asking for spooky. What would spooky be? And then they could, you know, come in and come up with something for spooky. Okay. Um, or yeah, so so, but that that does seem like it's um, yeah, okay. It's you know, it's passing information that wasn't already there, that, that wasn't known at the time that this interface or interaction was created between the you know yeah, the, okay. the, the skill code and the the smart home device. Uh, it makes it more dynamic so that it could you know okay, so it, do you know, adapt to things in the future. I, I I guess I feel like the question I have. The, the the fundamental question I have. So so we identified four types. The fourth one, smart home, monetization's obvious because it's it's meant to work with stuff that gets sold. Yeah. Third, monetization is at least known. I'm assuming you know that it's an Alexa skill. Yeah. So we already know what that looks like. We may not like it, but we already know what it looks like. Documentation, the monetization aspect is totally up in the air. But one could argue, you know, this is only for, you know, it's meant for frequently asked questions and support material and other stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're asking questions with an intent to do something with your product, your service already. So it's it's indirect monetization, maybe. But even there, there's some question. And the first yeah. one I think is totally there, there, I I think. Somebody needs to answer the monetization question quickly. Yeah, I would agree. So what's 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 not clear? Um, it seems like you know that three and four are probably closer to skills as we know them today. Yeah. Um, and so it's you know kind of like uh, you can at least imagine that the monetization options that are available today in some form would be available to to those right, right. it might well, I mean, make it, it more or less like, sense depending on what you're doing but but yeah right neither of them seem like they're big they're they're major changes to the to what's going on today yeah i would i that, that's kind of my gut feel on it too um the first two it's not even clear that you need to use to invoke your skill is it right. is this something that kind of is like a you know name free interaction type of thing well so um, I, I think it's along it, those lines. I, I mean, yeah. I think well, let me let me address two first. I feel like two, you know, is basically just saying um, we don't have as sophisticated a web crawler as Google does. So if you want us to know about your content, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, and that's that's not a criticism. That's a yeah. I, I I just feel like that whether or not that's in reality what it is, that's kind of the impression I get. Yeah. Could be, yeah. The the first one though, there are all sorts of questions that I don't feel, you know, I haven't read answers to yet. 
I haven't even read the questions too much yet. Yeah. You know, it's things like, and these are these are questions that were raised with OpenAI, and OpenAI had in some cases answers, but not great ones. They're questions that have been raised over and over again. It's things like, if I have two APIs that offer the weather, which one gets used? Yep. And there are known methods to solve this. Is Amazon using any of them? We don't know. Yeah. The obvious one is you need to install the skill from the skill store first, which in some ways may answer the monetization question. And that's a reasonable approach. You don't get the API until you install the API. And that's kind of the attitude that OpenAI has taken. And it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it now means an extra step. It's yeah. now, you know, it now increases the friction. If I am out surfing, or if I'm going to go out surfing and I say, hey, what's the surf in Redondo Beach today? Is it going to say, here are five out, you know, here are five skills that can help you with surf information. Which do you want to use? Yeah, and is Alexa wanting its 1P experience to you know to say that to expose that in to expose that fact but at the same time and this kind of gets to the the monetization question some more yeah. it's the credit and you know if i have a skill that is providing the weather at you know at what point is alexa getting all the credit and i'm getting none of the credit even yeah how nobody do you knows that, that? It's, nobody knows that it's getting the information for me they they might even you know even the you know, I, I could see Alexa could say, hey, this is something that we want to take care of and we'll have our own first party experience that takes over unless you specifically say that you want somebody else's weather. Right. Or but but then or, what, you know, but how do I how do I know that this is an Alexa experience? How do I know that yep. you know, if I'm asking for something that Alexa does not have as a first party experience, you know, if I'm asking for train information. You know, yep. one could assume that there's only one API for that per location, but it's not always true. Not always true, yep. You know, how does Alexa pick a default one and how does it know to let me know that there are other options? Yeah. And it's yeah, you know, is it a situation where they're gonna announce that you're getting this is where you're you're getting your information from? And, and if allow it does, you to make that as a preference. Right. And if it does announce it, is that taking away from the Alexa conversational experience? Yeah. And if it doesn't, how do I get credit? Yeah. Or is it something where, depending on the number of queries you get, then, then Amazon pays you so much based on just how often that you get invoked. Right. But Amazon's moving away from that model. Yeah. Or moved away from that model when it came to skills. And I can't see them wanting to return to it. And and even if so, at what point do I find out how many different users are using this? I yeah. mean, it's one, it's great to know that I've got 10,000 hits on my API. Is that from one person hitting it 10,000 times? Yeah. Is it from 10,000 people hitting it once? Once? Yeah. What, you know, these are these are metrics that are important. Yeah. And I need to get them somehow. And I and I don't hear people talking about this. You know, so I I, I legitimately, you know, it's not that I'm, I don't mean to pick on Amazon here alone, because I, 
I think I said the same things when I picked on OpenAI. Uh, if Google ever gets around to doing this sort of thing, I'll pick on them too. Yeah. But you know, there are lots and lots of questions that aren't there yet. You know, yeah. There's yeah. I, I would agree. Until we start getting some examples of like, oh, this is a an example of one. This is an example of two. You know, they they they've said a number of different names. Uh, you know, they've said they've said volley. They've said BMW, which I'm not going to have a BMW anytime soon. But um, sleep jar, uh, some other ones. So I don't know if they're going to be given be you know giving examples of one, two, or three. Um, but right. we'll have to you know we'll have to start seeing some of these examples and playing with them and and kind of see how this works out. But I'm you know. I'm excited. It'd be nice to have conversations with them while they're trying to figure it out. Right. Being a developer that's done this for a while, but well, you know, as as an Alexa champion, you you have a better chance than some of us. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you know, as a GDE, I understand that. From uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so no, this is all exciting. This is all great. Yeah. I feel like there are questions, but I'm hoping the questions will be answered sooner rather than later. Yeah, and one of the big questions is where what is what this is this going to look like for developers going forward? Yeah. If they are talking about some sort of a no code configuration for options one and two, um, does that still require a developer, but just not as you know well, intensive mean, I, of an experience? Can you, you get out experiences to, quicker? Or? Certainly for option one, you still need a developer to build what's behind the API. True, and yeah. that's. That's nothing small. And, you know, it's nothing small. And this yeah. is something you and I have been arguing for for three years now. You know, we've, we've, we've said, you know, voice development is building on your own skills, your existing skills. And I think that this is just bringing that forward one more step. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting times. It's, it's thrilling to see. I can't wait to see if Google counters this at all and what that brings to the competition. Um, but I look forward to talking about this more with you, Mark, on future episodes of Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Ellen. Take care, Mark. Have a great week. You too.